Hey everyone, this is a Faithfully Radical podcast where we're going to teach and equip families on the authority of God's Word. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome back to a Faithfully Radical podcast. This is Timothy Carey, the founder of Faithfully Radical Ministries, and tonight I have with me my wife. I'm Jessica Carey. It's good to be with you all. So tonight we wanted to talk about um, something that's kind of a big deal like in our modern society and something that has kind of become so ingrained in our culture almost that sometimes it's just important to sit down and talk about what it means and and that's that's those we worship, those things we idolize outside of God, the things that become all important in our lives and we can lose focus on focusing on our Savior. Um, so tonight let's kind of dive into that and see what the Bible has to say about it. Um, if you look at Colossians chapter three, verses five through seven, it kind of has a great outline of like what this idolatry definition is. Uh, and it's put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. And I think there's like a lot we can kind of unpack there. Yeah, for sure. If you look at verse 5, I mean, that kind of describes some of the forms of idolatry. And then um, verse 6, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. I mean, that's some pretty strong language talking about uh, God's wrath actually coming upon you for worshiping other things, other things that follow your earthly nature. And then verse 7, where it talks about you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. And, it, you know, used to walk, once lived. It shows a clear, I think, definition that that's not the way we're meant to live after we walk in Christ. And so that kind of really presents a good, clear picture, I think, of what idolatry is. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that uh, having such a, a clear list that, that they that God put together for us to see what, how easy it is these things uh, that uh, maybe just seem it's easy to categorize sin, but then to break it down even more to put it into the terms of uh, it's not just the sinful nature it's leading to these these things that are becoming idols that we're putting them above god that we're putting them in a position that is reserved for god yeah right definitely and i feel like especially in today's culture we live in a time where it's not it's not necessarily you know Moses coming down from Mount Sinai and they built you know their their idols all of a sudden out of gold and um, you know, it talks about do not carve idols out of wood for yourself. You know, we don't necessarily do that anymore, but we have different types of idols. And, you know, they're really just anything that eats up so much of your time and attention that your faith can kind of falter or, you know, your family. These things that are just become heart issues, you know, where they used to sit down and worship a golden calf or something like that. We see in our culture today worshiping like sports teams or well, I don't know what else. 
or celebrities. Yeah, definitely. Or uh, hobbies, even, or politicians. Yeah, definitely. And especially celebrities. I mean, we see that a lot. They talk about them being stars. and Right, people are you know modifying their appearance to look like them and mm-hmm. stalking them and yeah. i think that's the ultimate uh idol worship right there right trying yeah. to look like somebody that you're not and trying to you follow and... you follow all their social media so you know what they're doing mm-hmm. thinking what their houses look like you know all these new reality shows that have become so prominent in the last like 10 15 years that's crazy it's just insane and then it, but you know, we want to think about these things and reflect back because, you know, in, in Galatians, in Paul's letter, he talks about formerly when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning your back, turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? I mean, we see so clear back then that. Though they struggled with the same issues we struggle with today. It becomes an idol because you become a slave to them. I mean, how often do we see people nowadays having to check social media, having to check sports scores, having to check, like we talked about, the Twitter feed, stuff like that, see what their idols, essentially, I mean, the people who they really kind of praise are doing all the time. I mean, 24-7. Right, and it's not like us having a hard time uh, with you know, beating these idols is anything new. Like, it's not a one-time fix that, oh, I learned that I'm not supposed to do this and now I can move on. Because you see the same the same groups in the Bible that continuously go back to these this idol worship, whether it was the golden calf or then, you know, they're getting mad because they don't have the food that they wanted and they wanted to go back to, to Egypt while they're wandering in the desert. But it's it's this, they're always asking for more and better and, and it's never enough. Yeah, they lose sight of what what God is. And like you said, we see that so many times. I mean, almost every time Israel did anything in the Old Testament, it was going back to like worshiping idols or complaining against God or anything like that. I mean, there's a reason that Christ had to come as the ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. because no, they never got the point, you know? Like it was, I mean, as much as God kept reaching out and reaching out and reaching out, they still never got the point. Right. So I think that that's a a theme that certainly does carry over from that time to our time that it's not new that we struggle with these things. It's not new that when you think that you've gotten away from this idol worship in one respect, it pops up in another place that you can be you can, you know, turn off your cable, disconnect your cable or downsize a house or delete an app or whatever it is, but there'll always be another way that it pops back in. And whether that's a a new Facebook feed or, oh, but it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal if I'm just pinning these things that have to do with that celebrity's house or (laughs) or whatever it is that these, they just find new and different ways to, to creep in for your attention, that it's drawing your attention away from time better spent yeah i mean we see even in like today's culture you know we don't we don't live like um 
where we keep talking about needing to be Christ-centered and stuff like that, it's not like people, it's not like the majority of people actually live that way. You know, we kind of fit our worship and our study and our life groups and our church going and all of that around work or around clubs or um, what have you, you know, that there's all these things we... Hobbies, events, concerts... It's like we I kind of talked about in the in the second episode of family devotions that we let all of these um where we now schedule our times of worship or studying the Lord or anything like that and we put our other responsibilities around that now we're putting that as the secondary thing so you know you can go to church or you can go to life group or you can study the word of God like as long as you're already finished with your other tasks mm-hmm. or other they, I mean, they end up being things you worship, you know, even if it's even if it's in that way where it's your job, you know, like you're counting more on your job to provide for you money rather than you are God providing for you. Absolutely. And I think we also can define the differences there between, you know, things that we like and things we enjoy and you know, where that line gets crossed between enjoyment or admiration and idolatry because it's not that those hobbies are wrong. It's not that finding an enjoyment in a book or a sports team or a uh, a recreational activity that it's not that in and itself that's wrong. It's when the line is crossed between something that we just find enjoyment in or something that we admire Uh, that, you know, going strictly, you know, to the book, you, admiration is defined as a feeling of respect and approval. And well, the first definition for idolatry in Merriam-Webster is the worship of a physical object as a god. The second one is immoderate attachment or devotion to something. Mm. Immoderate being... Over the top. Over the top. Right. Right? That it's it's not that admiring something is wrong. It's that now you have this over-the-top, immoderate obsession with something that you eat, sleep, and breathe. That it's the first thing you check when you wake up in the morning and it's the last thing you make sure is in order and... Whether that's, you know, checking a sports score, checking the stock market, checking... Yeah. Well, that's why I feel like it's almost worse today than the stories we read. Because they were obviously sitting down and, like, worshipping a golden calf. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, you can stand there and go, oh, look, you're participating in idolatry. Right. But today it's, like, it's it's this heart issue that there's this unseen line between, like, okay... What is just this normal hobby I kind of do in my free time? And when is it being twisted as something good to something bad? You know, how far really is too far? And I think that that can be so hard to discern. Absolutely. Because we are really good as a society at justifying and saying that, you know, this is in moderation or it's not sinful it's not inherently sinful right playing a sport right or having a hobby that's not an inherently sinful thing but that we make it that way because it's what demands our time because yep. it's what we spend every last 
penny we have on because it's what we have to leave a family gathering early for. It's what we can't go to church because of. So it's, it's not that it's, it's that it's very easy for us to justify because we go, oh, well, liking sports isn't bad. But when it crosses that line into immoderate obsession, it's it's much harder to be able to come back from that Yep. Uh, once, once you've already let that justification take hold. And it feels so normal in our day and age, you know, like even talking about like the sports teams and stuff, it can feel so normal to root for your home team, to spend mm-hmm. so many hours all this time researching, checking the scores, you know, buying the clothes and the merchandise and the and the jerseys and stuff. And it's like... Why? You know, I mean, we like it's great to just sit back and kind of enjoy a game, but that's what it's meant for, like enjoyment. When you get these people kind of stressing out about it or mm-hmm. acting like they're part of the team or something, you know, it's kind of like it can be over the top. I mean, there's a great quote from Tony Evans in his book Kingdom Man, which is like directed towards men in their manhood, but it says, Any man who has to wear another man's name on the back of his jersey may need to ask himself how he views his manhood. <laughs> and I think that says a lot because we put... We already can make ourselves little gods. And that's usually like our second tendency. Like we want things to focus around ourselves instead of God. But then to even go that one step further, like you're actually wearing someone else's name. You're not even trying to glorify yourself above God. Like you're looking at just another human person Mm -hmm. and glorifying them or like pointing people to them rather than pointing people to God, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I think the timing's interesting. We just had the Super Bowl yeah. uh, when, when we're sitting down talking about this. And it's it's a very real thing how mad people get and how um, people's disappointment and excitement can start to manifest in very physical ways, too. That you oh, get yeah. these people that are sick to their stomach, that are feeling like they can't catch their breath. And I, it is directly related. Or even outward physically, you know, where you see riots and stuff. Oh, I mean, absolutely. there's been teams that have done that. I uh, mean, fans, not the teams. Right. Fans and... Um, or even, you know, days like Black Friday, right? <laughs> yeah. That those People riots, legitimately get trampled. Right. Because it's the next best it's the new thing it's the hot item it's have to have it need more can't live without it yeah and you know and it's it's easy to talk about the obvious ones as far as sports teams and celebrities but you know when we're breaking it down it can be anything that's that's taking your time i mean it can be your favorite author yeah you know that you just it's it's what takes all your time that you can't you can't leave the house until you've you've finished this book that you you can't you know uh, spend time with your spouse you can't spend time with your kids like no don't bother me like i'm busy reading right now yeah which again goes back to that's not an inherently bad thing it's that when that attitude starts to take over yeah um that you just have this easily frustrated when anything's trying to distract you from this uh, what should just be innocent hobby, but now somebody comes along and is like, "Hey, like, do you want to go for a walk?" And you're like, "No, yeah, don't talk to me." Yep, yeah, but you're not taking. I mean, to becoming an idol, you're not taking that time away from like a friend. You know, it's like taking that time away from Jesus. You know, like mm-hmm. our what our lives are meant to be centered on, like what we go to learn about and hear about. You know, but then 
the rest of the week so many of us can can kind of drift away from that you know people talk about how difficult it is to keep up spiritual disciplines or things of that nature but you know they're up on their latest show you Mm -hmm. know or they're whatever up on the latest celebrity and i mean i remember that like when i when i was a young christian and um I mean, especially before I was a Christian and stuff. I mean, I've always been super into superheroes and, like, Mm -hmm. Doctor Who um, and, like, nerdy stuff. But those two things mainly. I mean, that was all I did. Like, I never missed an episode of Doctor Who or Smallville Mm -hmm. or any of the CW shows, you know. Like, I have a Kryptonian tattoo from Smallville on my back. And I have the Seal of Rassilon from Doctor... Most of you probably don't even know what those are. But those are on my body. Those are on my arm and my back. And it was heavy. I mean, obviously that. Like, that's permanently on me now. Which, like, I mean, I don't regret. But, you know, that's that's a lot of, like... That was my focus at the time. Like, it was, it was born of that, you know. And you do kind of have to turn away. You know, like, I don't regret the tattoos, but I don't catch every... Ep- I mean, we didn't watch half the last half of the half newest the season of Doctor season, Who. Right. <laughs> or I don't know what's going on with any of the superhero shows or comic books or anything anymore right. at all. Like, at all. But... So it is, I mean, it is easy to fall into that kind of stuff. That's how I knew it was love because you missed the last episode of Smallville to come see me after not missing <laughs> any of before we were dating before there was even a whole lot there. Like the first month together, yeah. you skipped the series finale. You knew yeah. it was being recorded, which I mean, there was some, <laughs> you know, saving grace there that you knew you got to watch it. But well, yeah, because that would have ended like a couple weeks after we started dating mm-hmm. or something. Yep. yep. <laughs> so I just so edged out Smallville. Yeah, just edged out Smallville. Just edged out Smallville <laughs> at the beginning there. So that was a good sign for things to come. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and maybe that was me being an idol to you at that point. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that was before I found Christ. So I didn't know what I didn't know what that would have meant. No, that's fair. And it was flattering, so I didn't see the harm at the time. So. <laughs> but really, I mean, that's the kind of culture that we live in and I, I think so many people don't pay attention to because like like me especially when I was a younger Christian like I didn't really spend a lot of time reading my Bible and stuff and I just I spent all of my time doing other stuff and once I did start feeling more of a relationship with Christ like you do feel like okay I'm actually taking this time away from him you know mm-hmm. like I I was I was going to do this, like I was going to pray this morning and all this stuff and I missed it and it's so easy to just kind of be like, well, whatever, but you, we do need to at some point as we grow in spiritual maturity realize what's uh, what's an idol to us and what's not, you know, because I mean it's spoken about so much in the Bible, like we can look back to these things, um, like a fe- in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 5. It says, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. I mean, that's like, those are big words, you know? I mean, and that's that's New Testament. That's after that's after Christ has come and forgiven us, and um, Paul's writing to Ephesus, telling them, yeah, what are you going to say, sorry? That's pretty, no, that's pretty heavy and, and cut and dry. I mean, it says... It's not, you know, might not have an inheritance or could possibly be in a less pretty area of the kingdom. Like, no, it says we don't, that that person doesn't have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. That, and we know that on our own, nobody is 
fully moral or no. pure or not or selfless, being not greedy, but that no immoral, impure, greedy person. That all of these people are idolaters. So, you know, even the the impure, I mean, and that can be. And you know, I was joking about our relationship at the beginning, but I mean. Those people in your life that be that, that can become an idol, that relationship yeah. that be, can become an idol, that it that it crosses that threshold of being unhealthy um, when it becomes an obsession. That well, and uh, I think that's what causes a lot of divorces in our day and age. Mm-hmm. I mean, people end up worshiping their spouse, thinking they're going to find their completeness, their full happiness, all this stuff in their spouse. And the truth is. That you're, person's human. <laughs> yeah, your spouse is a terrible god. You know, like my spouse is a terrible. I'm a terrible god. You know, like no one is meant to be put on that status. So it's really always gonna. I mean, it's gonna end poorly. You're not gonna. I mean, I think that's what's caused such a rise in our divorce rate. People aren't centering their homes and their families around pursuing Christ. They're constantly trying to pursue each other, or right. You know. Or then even after that, you end up putting your kids on a pedestal, right? And everything is about them. And then your, you know, marriage relationship suffers. The one that preceded having those children and and everything. And it just becomes a, everything is for my kids and everything I do is, and it can, pets and, you know, this list is just going to, we're going to come up with, we can keep coming up with things. Because it is a heart issue. All the things, yep. Yep. That can be a heart issue. It's what you pursue and it's what all of us pursue instead of Christ. It's what all of us pursue. I mean, it, even within um, biblical stuff, I mean, you can see people like, you, they can worship their biblical knowledge. You mm-hmm. know, they can want to study the Bible and all this stuff and they lose their relationship with Christ. And they spend all this time simply studying the word, but not internalizing the word. I mean, that's like, that's really close to what, I mean, you can almost think that what you're doing is correct you know right but you've lost sight of it right because again it's a righteous thing right it's not an inherently bad thing it's that our heart and our attitude has turned these uh, otherwise decent and and admirable things into activities that are taking our time energy effort some focus away from god yeah and that can even, I mean, that like, even talking about that, it's the same with, I think, jobs and careers nowadays. You know, we have so many people thinking, or especially so many men, I feel like, um, but thinking, like, that's my role. I'm called to be the provider. And so they take it as financial provider, you know, which isn't spelled out in the Bible that it's the financial provider. You know, the men are specifically called the lead the home spiritually and stuff like that. But then you get, well, I just need this much money to live this kind of life and to take care of my family in this way. And I just need to work this many hours and stuff like that. And I'm going to miss all this stuff, fellowship and time with my family and church and all this stuff just for my job. And I mean, we read like in Matthew six thirty-one through 34, that says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I mean, that's like, really, that's straight out of the Gospels. You know, the Gospel of Mm -hmm. Matthew talking about 
don't make this stuff idols. You know, God's got you as long as you're get like trying to find Him first. You know, and then we see um, also going back to talking about having no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God and um, realizing what the repercussions of this really can be when we're sitting around, getting comfortable, hunkering down and enjoying our idols, you know, watching TV or following these shows or whatever. Um, right here in in John, um, they talk about, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And so, I mean, that's not directly talking about idols, but it's saying, you know, when you're spending these times or putting your efforts towards things that can become idolatry. And here we kind of see the consequences of that, that... You know, if you're spending most of your time following your favorite celebrities or sports team, all this time you could actually be furthering the kingdom of God. You know, this is where we kind of see the repercussions of that. That, well, if you spend your time doing this and you spend your time worshiping that, you're not out there making disciples. You're not out there making disciples, preaching the good news or um, studying the word to internalize within yourself. You know, you're spending time on these earthly things and... Um, Christ does not mince words about that, you know. We see that right there, John 15. So still, all this begs the question, you know, what does the Bible say about what to do? what to, How to take care of this heart problem that we all have, that's like all born within us because we're all born in sin from the fall, you know. Um, but they, the, I mean, the Bible talks a lot about that too. And we see again in, in Paul's letter to Ephesus, Um, Chapter 5, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So, I mean, obviously doesn't mean that the the days are actually evil and out to get you, but time is fleeting, you know? Mm -hmm. You can put your focus somewhere, put your time somewhere, and next thing you know it, what do you have to show for that, you know? And um, I think it, talking about do not be foolish, foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And, you know, we talked a lot about that in our family study and devotions episode. Spending this time focusing on worshiping, studying the word and the Lord, that's how you're really going to know what the Lord's will is for your life. Right, absolutely. And it's... Like you said, he doesn't mince words, and it's not like we're left without uh, a guide or without teaching on how to change this, on how to focus on him. And it's he doesn't leave us hanging. There's no, you know, here's the problem and no solution. Like God, God tells us what needs to happen. He tells us what he's looking for and and what he expects from us and that it's theoretically not terribly difficult um and while yes like you said we live in a day and age that has made these things so much harder with the ease of access to uh, these things that are easily turned into idols but 
with seeing the the patterns that you know the Israelites fell into, it's also clear that we need like, help. We need help <laughs> that we are um, not destined, and that we can't change it, but that we uh, there's a good chance that we're going to repeat mistakes. Yep. And um, but we're not without hope on uh, where to turn when that happens. And I think that's so much of what we need to remember. You know, I mean, in Matthew six twenty one, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we want our treasure to be found in something else. We don't, I don't think we as people, I mean, I, I think once we understand what it is, you know, like we don't want to disappoint God. Well, like we want happiness and hope. That's what people want, right. you know. But the trick is we get lost in it in this earthly realm we're looking for our strength for our identity to be in those things when at the end of the day we have to remember like we're not going to be held up on our own strength we're not going to be held up because we recognize with that sports team because we make six figures this year because our 401k is stocked up because any of that stuff we're going to only find it because of jesus alone that's the only reason he's our only i mean you know, when he talks about, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that's also very clear, mm-hmm. you know? No man comes right. to the Father but by me. Yep. I mean, we don't just pursue him just because he says it's right. We don't want to just change how we act based on random head knowledge. We want to be able to pursue him out of love for him. And so much out of that does come from um, study and worship of him and starting to Put your life around him, pray to him, talk to him, build up that relationship and the love, the adoration, the, I mean, the sacrifice that he died on the cross for our sins so that we may enter the gates of, of the kingdom just because of what he did for us, what the sacrifice was. Um, it should guide us to a response, you know, and, and that response should, should be worship of him. Absolutely. Even like you already read in Matthew 6, where it says that the Father knows the things that we need, right? That we need to eat and drink and where what we need to wear and where we'll live. The Father knows that we need these things, that to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well, that our needs will be met. We are... He's very clear about that, that we're not going to be left destitute. And that's not to say, well... We're not going to be left without hope in him. And that's not to say that there won't be trials and tribulations. And that's not to say that there will be times uh, that there will be famine and feast. Mm -hmm. Our our lives will see all of those seasons, but that God knows what we need. And that first we seek him, we seek his kingdom and we seek his righteousness and he will take care of us. And we don't always see the hows or the whys and which... You know, we're a, we're a here now, me, instant generation and not knowing uh, everything that's that's coming is very scary. And that's I mean, that's something that I struggle with. And, you, you know, I'm I'm the one that wants to know where, um, you know, all of our provisions are coming from and when right. and how. And and that, that's that's me. I need those tangible things. And so that is that is a struggle for me that that's one of the things that. I do have to daily give up to God that it's, I know that he is taking care of us 
and that he will provide for our family. Um, that it's not solely up to me. It's not up to us. Uh, that we serve a greater God that is in charge of all of that and sees our needs. And I don't have to make these other things a priority uh, because right. he already sees what our needs are and when our needs are going to be the greatest and how he's going to meet them. He knows that. And that I have to be able to rest in that and not uh, try and seek all of these things to fix it on my own. Yep. And I think that's so much of that points to, um, like I read earlier, Matthew 6, 21, um, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And I think that's at the end of it all, at the end of all this and all this discussion, that's what we need to keep in our mind all of the time is where is your treasure? You know, is it in your job, your family, your money, or is it going to be in Jesus? Is that where you're going to put your, your treasure? And so your heart is your heart going to stay with Jesus? Because at the end of it all, at the end of the day, no matter what, all is less than Jesus. And that's what we always need to remember and remind each other and, and pray over. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way we can think about it. And one of the things we've talked about when you say, you know, keep, keeping ourselves in check and reminding, uh, re- well, for us, reminding each other and yeah. helping us to to remember our priorities and what's important is, you know, we've talked about uh, that people will know the, the things that people can learn about you without even talking to you or be, or that they learn about you just by being around you. Yep. And, you know, to to put it fairly, probably bluntly for some people, but if someone can walk into your home and know that you're a Republican Cubs fan who went to IU, but not know you're a follower of Jesus, then those things may have become idols in your life. If people can walk into our home and, and know that we're superhero-loving Beatles fans, but have no <laughs> yeah. idea that we're followers of Christ, then then our priorities are yeah, have been put on pedestals that where only Christ should be. Absolutely. That's those hobbies and stuff just overtaking that again. Right. Where, you know, but if somebody knows that you're um, a follower of Christ who's on fire for the kingdom and, you know, you also have real world interests like Cubs or Beatles or um, superheroes or Doctor Who or you have an interest in your local politics, like none of those things, like we said, are inherently wrong. It's that if someone knows all of that about you, but knows nothing about your faith in Christ, then yes, there is a heart issue there that needs to be dealt with. So it's not that you can't have your sports memorabilia, or for us, that we can't have our bands or our movie yeah. posters. It's it's that, um, you know, when people walk in our front door, they're greeted with crosses and, you know, Genesis posters. <laughs> uh, and as you continue in, you get the full tour of the rest of our lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that we we try and and keep God at the center of our home just as reminders to ourselves even without people walking in our front door and being here, like for us to be able to walk through our house and go and be reminded of Christ in little ways as we walk throughout the house, whether it's Bibles or, uh, you know, Christian books or the music that we play, that it keeps our focus on Christ and is, 
you know, a tangible way for us to combat those idols that are still going to creep in and are still going to try and over overtake aspects of your life uh, because that's just the nature of sinful things. Yeah. But we keep those reminders in our own home um, for ourselves that Absolutely. Christ is the center. Yep. And it's like keeping that at the forefront of your mind. Definitely. Um, I hope we've given you guys some stuff to think about, uh, to pray about, and to consider your life over. Um, if you like what you're listening to, shameless plug, go ahead and hit subscribe and share with your friends and family and loved ones. And uh, we love you guys. Thanks for being with us. We'll pray for you. Pray for us. <laughs> <laughs>